back here at WSUM 91.7 FM here in Madison. Beyond the Badgers taking over on the mic as usual, 4 p.m. every Thursday. Dubs, Lobes, what up, boys? Wow, you said Dubs' name first. I'm, yeah, you I'm, know why? Because he's already on mute, and I just want to hear from you. Wow. No, I love Dubs. Dubs a good dude. Just kidding, man. Uh, You're dude, not on mute. Relax. This Shout is, out Auburn. That's all I got to say. Yeah, you got to give Congrats. credit where credit is due. Your Duke is ugly. I give, ugly I give credit where credit's due. But then again, I look over, and he's got the stupid hood up over his head again with the headphones on over top, and that there's no credit there. Don't, don't chirps, knock the player. Chirps. Knock the game. I mean... You no, guys are, it's a new out. wave. New kids are doing it these days. No, this no, is uh, this Get is out of here. phenomenal. Uh, the the sports world keeps chugging along. Next week, Masters week, we're gonna do a pool. We got a special golfer coming on, special guest. Um, final fours this weekend. We have our final four teams. Obviously, the boys will be the boys there. Boys will be there. So if you uh, if you're in mini, shout out. Uh, give us a shout out. Say say hi to the boys. We're in the bleeds, so check us out. Uh, what else is going on? NHL playoffs. NHL ends. NHL Saturday. ends. ML- NBA ends. MLB's going. NBA's ending. Masters is coming up. I said that. What okay. are, what am I missing? Frozen Four. Ooh. Frozen Four. Good pickup. Nice Guys, tips. My favorite part though is top five in the first five, especially after last week's heated exchange between yes. co-host Daniel Labosky yes. and intern guy. William Dubs. Whitmore. Dubs. A.K.A. Dubs. Dubs, take us home. What do we got top five in the first five? Yeah, I'm excited for this week. Last week we had a great slate of Elite Eight games, arguably the best week for college basketball of the year. Oh, it was incredible. It was. Virginia-Purdue, was absolutely Pun intended. great game. Auburn and Kentucky went down to the wire, and then obviously Michigan State-Duke. Out of those three great games, which one was your favorite to watch? My favorite one to watch... In my opinion, my favorite one to watch was Purdue-Tennessee. I loved that. That one was elite. And then I loved uh, Purdue-Virginia. Um, the buzzer beater, Mama, Mama D. Mama D. My guy. Uh, that was incredible. Carson Edwards was on fire for Purdue. That guy made about 27 threes. I was going to say, what did he have? He had 40 points. and 42. the rest of the, 42, 42 points, and the rest of the team was all like 6, 8. Nine, five. Probably was fifty percent. They were all over. I mean, I can check that for you if you want. It was him. But uh, that was my; those are my favorite games. Uh, I loved watching watching Carson Edwards play. Yeah, he was forty-one percent of his points. He had forty-two wow. um, of the team's points. So that would be my favorite game. And I love seeing Duke lose. Patrick, what do you what are your thoughts? That that Duke Michigan State game was great. I have absolutely no idea. It's still bothering I just like me. OT. Still bothering me. Why Zion did not get the ball at the end of the game? Why not be, let him? Coaching. Why not let him be the one to drive it to the hoop? He'll probably be. He'll probably still get the hoop and the harm. That's he'll get the harm coach. for sure because he would drive it. Only he would have slammed it down their throats. Unlike RJ, and he's a better free throw shooter. But no, no, Dubs, RJ's a better free throw shooter. Dude, he is like sixty-seven percent on the year. So Zion. Zion's terrible. Yeah. He's like lower. He's probably right. close to the well, 50s. It doesn't matter. Either way, Dubs, you can put your hands down, relax. You can have your Dubs, coach. K, you can have your coach K moment after. But no, I'm with you. Favorite game was Purdue, Tennessee. Mama D hitting that buzzer no, beater that was Virginia. shot. That was or, sorry, Virginia, Virginia Purdue. Yeah. Mama D hitting that buzzer beater. There was there were some tense moments at the Lark at Cole in our apartment when they miss a free throw, get the rebound as he turns to make the pass up court. The TV freezes. Yeah, that happened. The TV feed freezes. I thought yeah. Loeb's head was going to explode. He I was, wasn't happy. He was yelling and screaming. No. Kicking and screaming. I, I love that. Pitter-pattering all over the apartment. And comes back to, they're celebrating, but the score didn't change, so it was even more stressful. But that OT game was electric. 
I uh, love it. You f- it's free basketball. I, I do my, not love it. In my opinion, if Virginia can't get beat by a 42-point outburst by Carson Edwards, they will not lose. That's all I'm going to say. Dubs, go. do you have any rebuttal to what we said? I'm interested. Um, I'm just going to say you can't blame it all on Coach K because not, but Zion was the guy that passed it to RJ on that three-point attempt, and also they got a productive possession with a foul call. But I will say, I think we can all agree on this, Lexington, Kentucky was buzzing yeah, with terrible. Purdue fans. It was. Purdue flooded well KFC Yum Center, and I would have loved to see them win that game, even yeah. though I had Virginia, but that's about it. We'll break it down uh, yeah. further after the, the top five of five, but yeah, I like it. Next one. Yep, and then this is kind of for you guys since you're going this weekend, a little Final Four preview. Uh, what's the biggest storyline you're most interested in seeing? Ooh, that's tough. There's a lot. Um, I'm interested is, in... Yeah. I, I, <laughs> There's a couple. There's two that I'm just gonna say that I'm interested in. One is the coaches. Um, a lot of guys in their first Final Four, Chris Baird, um, as well as Bruce Pearl. I want to see which coach uh, performs the best and gets their team ready to play, um, which will be interesting to see. Obviously, Izzo's the uh, the the grandpa, if you will. He's the, he's the vet. He's been there before. He's won a Natty Chip, uh, so he's he knows how to do it. But I want to see the other three coaches do it. Um, and then the other one is the experience. We've been talking about it on this show. I love watching the seniors and the old men win games because that's how you win in March. Auburn's one of the most veteran teams in the country. Michigan State's got the best. Point guard is a senior. Cassius Winston. Uh, or he's a junior? I thought he was a senior. I'm going to look that up right now. Wow. No dead air, Patty. Uh, he's definitely a senior. I uh, I'll a bet junior. my life on Yeah, he's a yeah. junior. Uh, but anyways, he's a three-year, three-year guy. Uh, all the guys in Virginia, all the guys, the backcourt of Auburn. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how the seniors per- perform. Uh, those are two just quick ones. Agree with everything Daniel just said, but I really, I'm really interested to see how Texas Tech, how their D uh, handles this moment. Auburn was was lights out. They were fun to watch in the Elite Eight. It'd be great to see them go up against Virginia. Yeah, the D's got to be good. But I want to. I'm I'm psyched to watch the Texas Tech D go to work. Yeah, they uh, they've had a good D in the tournament, uh, and they need the D to be. To be good. Big time. Big D. What's up? Next one. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of a surprise in the first week of the MLB season. Powerhouses like the Yankees and Red Sox are two and four and two and five. And while like the Orioles are four and two, twins oh, are four and God. one. What's your what's the biggest surprise in the first week? I would say the Yankees because uh of how poor their record is, but they are banged up. They have about sixteen injuries. <laughs> and I, that's not even an exaggeration. They have a ton of injuries. Uh, especially the key guys. So I'm going to go with Boston. Their bats have been atrocious uh, to start. They got beat up badly uh, in Seattle, and then they, they have been losing a couple in, in Oakland. They haven't been able to score. So uh, I think my biggest surprise and disappointment would be Boston um, really coming out of the gate slow, coming out of the uh, the championship last year. Couldn't agree with you more. Again, it's, we haven't been able to get heated here. Everything you're saying, you're spitting straight facts, but take a screenshot now of the AL East. You have... The Tampa Bay Rays lean it, followed by the Orioles, followed by the Orioles and the Blue Jays, and then at the bottom, at the bottom, you got the Yanks and the Red Sox. Take the screenshot now because it will not be like this at the end of the year. And in the words of Aaron Rodgers, R E L A X, relax. There is still 155 more games. It's a long season, but they're definitely the the biggest disappointment has been for me the Red Sox, reigning champs. Um, They've been they've been just ice cold. Other teams like the Yanks, the Indians are banged up, but. They uh they got no excuses in my book. 
Facts. What do you got next, Dubs? Um, Jacob Degrom has been on after getting that big contract. Been on a tear. Oh, couple home runs. Yeah, first two starts too hasn't even given up a run. Twenty four strikeouts. Had fourteen last night. Is that good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, is he your front runner? If you were to predict the NL Cy Young winner, would you predict Degrom repeating again this year? That's tough. Um, by the way, side note on the Degrom thing: his first five innings under is like twenty-seven and four in his last thirty-one. So hit on that. Hit it. Uh, but anyways, I I mean obviously Degrom's going to be the front in runner. The max. Um, you can't sleep on Scherzer there. Uh, I love Nolan, the Phillies. He got beat up uh, the other day against Kershaw. Washington. I, I like Nola a lot. I'm trying to think who else. Kershaw. Yeah, he's been Kershaw he's hurt been... though, so he's going to come in late. Yeah. But um, I mean, the obvious answer is yes, of course. He's he's going to be the front runner. He's the a Cy Young right now. He's a front runner. He won it last year, and look at his start to the year. He, obviously, he's going to be the front runner. And it, like you, your question was, if you had to pick it right now, who would it be? And yeah, it would be him. Is he the best pitcher in baseball? Oh, that's tough. Dude. Right now, I think right now, so. Yeah. He's got uh, another yeah. pretty good uh, pitcher on his same team who went today, yeah. but they couldn't uh, score for Syndergaard? him. So. Yeah, they lost yeah. today, but uh, he's he's pretty good. But right now, DeGrom is, is pretty nice. He's, Sale's he's been hurt a game. little bit. I was going to say, Sale's there's other, there's other guys that have been banged up that are elite pitchers. Sale got absolutely shelled on opening day. It was ugly, man. We watched it. Seward it was... the parlay. Uh, but you got, I, yeah, Kershaw, you got you got so many good pitchers. It's like I said, it's 155 games to go. Injuries could play a factor for too, sure. But we'll see. What All right, next? ending up with a little college hockey. Yes, here we go. Um, Frozen Four starts pretty soon. Is it this weekend or it's going to be the following weekend, Thursday, Saturday? Yeah. Okay. So um, it's like uh, the tenth or something. Between UMD, UMass, Denver, and Providence, who's your guys' favorite? My favorite? Dubs, or Actually, no, who, Patty. I, I want to hear your prediction. All right, Patty, you go first because you're the hockey Pr- guy. Prediction, I got I got UMass winning it all. In, against who? Against? I mean, come on, man. You, I put you on the spot, but you got to know. know that. I mean, if I can go. I Just off the top of my head, just rattle it off, baby. Just rattle it off. Mm. It, the, here, who's the Who's the other game again? Dubs, um, Dubs I'll, give you, I'll give you the lowdown since Patrick is, is really slacking. So... We got Denver, UMass. UMass is a one seed. Denver came in as a three seed. Denver's got a couple good players, including uh, Ian Mitchell on the back end. I don't like their goaltending as much, so I like UMass there. They have the best player in the country, Kale McCarr, probably going to win the Hobie. Um, I got them playing Duluth. I, I, think, to th- I wanted to think about it. I got them playing Duluth. Duluth's uh, the number two seed in the country. They won it last year. I don't think they repeat. I think Providence wins it all. Give wow. me Providence. Give you all the Davis Bonds, eh? Yeah, Jake Bonds, former teammate. Uh, his brother plays there. But uh, Providence coming off a couple, two big uh, big wins. I really like Providence. I love, love, love the momentum. And I'm going to take Providence over UMass. Taking UMass to win it. You brought up Kale McCarry. This guy is so good. That's, gets a, that's a biased Canadian take. Biased no. Canadian take. No, I love. Dude, he big dog. Last year in the Olympics, Team Canada asked McCarr to play. He said, Dude, "Sorry, I, really? I missed. I missed time for the World Juniors. Missed a couple weeks, and I owe it to my teammates back at school. I owe it to the school and coaches to go back and play for them. So thanks, but no thanks. And I absolutely love that he did that. That's awesome. Guy hasn't even played one professional game yet, and he's already t- saying no to Team Canada. I'm taking Providence over UMass. All right, I'll just piggyback onto the trivia question since it's a college hockey trivia question. Um, as you guys know, Denver won the national championship two years ago, and then UMD followed up by winning it last year." Both teams are in the Frozen Four this year, and if Denver wins, 
Denver UMD wins, it'd be a, a two-team three-peat for those two schools. Okay. When was the last time two schools have combined to win the championship three years in a row? I would have to say... In what years? Wow, that's, that's, that's a, a tough question. There's so much parity in college hockey. You have to go back in the day, I feel like. I don't know. It's got to be the Gophers because they won in 2002 and 2003. It was after that. Oh, it was after that? Okay, then I would say... It was like more recent or further back? It was pretty recent. I'm going to say in 2009, or the stretch of like 08 to 0 or to... Oh shoot! There's BC too. Are we having to name? Are we having to name the schools, or are we just yeah. have to name the year? Schools and year. BC had to win it twice, right? With Goudreau. It, I don't know if they won it twice though. All right, I'm gonna go Boston University of Miami, uh, 2008 to 10. Is that close? Patty, do you wanna? Yeah, you wanna give respond? Patty a chance. Cause, cause I remember Miami and BU. BU was solid back in the the early 2000s, late or late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, otherwise, Nodak, they won it. They're, yeah, but they, they that took them a long time to win it. Like that they was won Hackstall. It with Schmaltz and those guys. Yeah, that was right after Hackstall lo- or left. BC. Uh, what about Denver and Wisco in like oh six, oh seven, oh eight? No, no, nah, Wisco's definitely not in there. I want to say it's got to be, it's got to be BC for sure because they won the two close together, and that was what oh eight and. 10, I think. They had Gerby. No, we'll throw. I thought 08 was Miami or BU. Oh, so then it's BC and BU then from 08 to 10. Yeah. You guys got it. It was Boston College boys, in 2008. Boys worked that one through. Boston University won That's in 2009 well. against Miami, and then Boston College won it again against the Badgers, actually. Yeah. Yep. In that was in uh, 2010. Where was that? Was that in Milwaukee? It was in. It was at the no, X. Oh, it was, it was in Milwaukee when Matt or when Wisco won in 06. Oh, yeah, right, right. That makes sense. All right, yep. so BCBU, 08 to 10. 10. Good work, wow. boys. That was nice. What we got? We, we worked, another we one. We talked that one through. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Um, little shout out Tom Izzo. That guy's got to get some love after only beating Mike Shishetsky for the second time. But wow, this is probably one of Tom Izzo's most favorite players of all time. He's actually the last Michigan State player to win Big Ten Player of the Year since, since Cassius, I mean, before Cassius Winston. Yep. Can you name him? Not Mateen Cleaves. No. Sorry, what was the question? Who is the last Michigan State Big Ten Player of the Year oh, um, man. before Cassius Winston? I mean, not Draymond. Maybe it was Draymond. No. Maybe it was Draymond. I don't know, Jim. Uh, I don't think Draymond won it, though, when they were – they went to the final four. They went to the frozen four. Denzel Valentine had to be up there. Um, not Mateen. Well, that was like 2001, so that was a while ago. I'm going to go. They've had some good guards, too. I'm going to go Draymond Green. I don't think that's right. Just kidding. I'm going to go Denzel Valentine. Do you even know another guy I, in Michigan I, State? I, I don't know them, so I, I, I just Googled it to see who it was. So since 2009, they've had four people win it. Winston, Kalen Lucas, he was a baller, took him to the national championship game. Draymond Green, and then your guy, Denzel Valentine. He was the last, the last one. one. Great work on my trivia boys today. It's my Let's co-host. Go. Let's go. Uh, wait, Lucas is... Uh, he a, was smooth. Yeah, he was the real deal. Pass. I'll never forget um, when they... The Final Four was in Detroit when they went to the national championship. Right. It was actually, absolutely electric. 07? 09. Jeez, was, I'm losing myself. Uh, yeah, you're right. 
that was fun. That was fun. Uh, a couple good trivia questions from Dubs. Should we take a quick good. break, come back, finish up Final Four? Yeah, let's do it. I'm a champion. Realize Shaq's mechanism. Crash killing me for rat. It's not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're going to go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Back here and beyond the Badgers, WSUM 91.7 FM here in Madison. Wrap up, finish wrapping up, final four talk. Yeah, I just want a quick break break uh, down what we saw last weekend, and then we'll do a little preview of this weekend. Obviously, uh, we have our four teams, Texas Tech, Virginia, uh, Auburn, and um, Michigan State. Um, we talked a little bit about that Purdue game in overtime. They came all uh, Tennessee came all the way back. They're not playing Admiral Schofield. I was kind of interested, uh, but – I think Rick Barnes is a choke artist, the the co- Tennessee coach, so I was not surprised to see them lose. I was surprised to see Michigan throw up a dud, uh, 44 points in that game. Uh, what are your thoughts on the North Carolina-Auburn game? Auburn killed North Carolina, 97-80. That, that one surprised me. I I thought UNC was, first of all, I thought UNC was going to win. And second of all, I thought it would be a close game, not a blowout right. by, by any means. And Auburn just took it to them from start to finish. Yeah, they did, and they, they made a lot of threes, which helps. That's yeah, a great equalizer. Getting hot. Um, so Bruce Pearl gets to his first Final Four. Uh, Dubs, your Duke squad should have actually lost in the Sweet 16 to Texas Tech. That kid had a wide-open shot uh, at Wait, the buzzer. Virginia Tech. Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. That's what yeah, I'm sorry. Like, sorry, excuse confused. me. Yep. Pardon me. You're straight. Keep going. Um, and he missed it to tie it up. Did, did you get a little nervous there? I mean, no, because... I just wasn't – I mean, I know Buzz Williams is a great coach. They have a lot of great players like Blackshear and all those guys. But, I mean, when they – I can't even say anything because they lost the next round, but that Duke team is so talented. It would have been a disappointment for me to see them losing that Sweet 16 game. Um, I, I do think, though, kind of going to a different game, I think Tennessee kind of got hosed on that last second Carson Edwards three-point attempt in regulation. Why? I just didn't think there was a foul – yeah. I think when you're up two, I don't think you call a foul, especially on a shot like that. But it is what it is. Good for Purdue. Ryan Klein fought back. Yeah, that was uh, that was tough. I mean, you hate to see the refs decide the game like that because um, Tennessee came and fought their way back. But uh, I don't know. Kind of an embellishment, but it is what it is. Like you said, you can't can't change it. Uh, can't change it now. I was surprised to see Gonzaga get beat up. Uh, pretty bad by Texas Tech. Their offense was stymied, if you yeah. will, by the defense of Texas Tech. And Dubs, I need you to put some respect on my guy Chris Beard's name. Oh, I mean, I have a lot of respect for what he's done, especially since that he's taken that program. And it was basically nothing. I mean, they had one tournament appearance under Tubby Smith, but that's about it. And then he takes them to the Elite Eight with no with no four-star players on the roster, which is insane. They've had a couple of really good graduate transfers. Jarrett Culver's turned into a great player. Was Culver not even a no, four-star? He was a, a three-star. Wow. And But he's just done a phenomenal job, especially that he's getting everybody to buy in on the defensive end, which is, I mean, a lot of coaches can't do that. 
So yeah. it's it's really cool. And I think it's part of it is because he's been under the tutelage of Bob Knight at Texas Tech. So right. he's committed and he's really passionate. I mean, he gets that passion from him. Yeah. But he's doing a great job. Yeah, I mean, they lead the lead the country in uh, adjusted efficiency on defense. They're second on defense uh, effective field goal percentage um, and third in two-point percentage. So um, unbelievable job by Chris Beard. He went... So he won a, he beat Purdue when he was at Arkansas Little Rock, yep. then Five got goals, crushed, yeah. and then Elite Eight last year, Final Four this year. So pretty good start to Chris Beard's uh, tenure there. And they got to give him a lifetime deal. Ooh, that's a good question. That I'm gonna go uh, segue. There you go. Texas Tech in Vegas. There's a guy that holds uh, a Texas Tech future to win it all. Wow. And it is a three hundred thousand dollar payout if texas tech wins right now is he, that good right now he is selling it for sixty five thousand dollars would you rather have 65 grand in your pocket or would you ever have a one in four chance to win 300k oh man i would take the money 65k but that's just me well i'm a broke college boy so i'm <laughs> taking the money facts yeah i i agree you take you, you take the money it's guaranteed you get the 65k Versus, you never know. They go cold. Texas Tech looks good, man. Like they do look good, but they still got to win two more against no slouches either. And yeah. you know, like you take the guaranteed One and four shot. Take the guaranteed sixty-five k. You're making money either way. Make like yeah, but if you you're you're laughing all the way to the bank, literally. But not if you you're cur- ride cursing the way to the bank. If not you if you ride it out and you lose. I was hoping somebody would be on yeah. the other side. I mean, nah. <laughs> He's going against Tom Izzo, then probably Tony Bennett next yeah, round. I, I think he, I think you take the guaranteed money rather than risk. He gets the seventy-five percent chance. I don't know to lose. That's tough, but you know, uh, yeah, I feel I like you. that. Idea, I feel Can we talk about well, uh, one of the big stories this week after we got on was Cal Perry, Coach John Cal Perry at K, uh, Kentucky, lifetime deal to coach the Wildcats. Uh, can we talk about how he? is a psycho on the sideline, and um, he's not that good of a coach because he, he panics, and his freshman panic, and they should have easily beat Auburn, and they ended up losing. He is an absolute psycho on the sideline. I think it was a choke by he, Kentucky more than a win by He yells Auburn. and screams the entire game. Like you, I would love just, you know, have that, they had the Zion camera just following around everywhere. Put a camera on Calipari and Tony Bennett and watch the differences. Facts. Also, like you were talking about, you said calmness breeds calmness. That's what he said. Because Tony, Tony said. Bennett sits there on the sidelines. He doesn't freak out. He doesn't go crazy. Whereas Calipari's running up and down. He's on the court. He's yelling at his players. He's yelling at the rest. He's, as a player, like, how do you not get. And he's playing 18 year olds. Yeah. Like, how do you not kind of follow that lead when your coach is the one doing it? What were you going to say, Dubs? I was just going to say, it was. <laughs> I would have loved to have a cam on not only John Calipari in that game, but Bruce, Bruce Pearl. Pearl. Oh, man. Bruce Pearl was going nuts. He was um, losing his marbles. But I mean, Auburn was fighting with for their lives, with especially with Okiki out, and yeah. that was a lot of heart getting that win. But I will say, I mean, Cal Cal deserves a lot of criticism for having the best, one of the best rosters every year, and only one winning one national championship. But to be fair, PJ Washington was banged up. All right. Um, Tyler Harrow played one of the worst games he's played in the they tournament. C- they couldn't shoot threes this year, man. Yeah, I mean, and their point guard. Ashton Higgins can't shoot. Johnson nope. can't shoot. Nope. Um, Harrow's their only three-point shooter, and he's played really bad against Auburn. Yeah, it was tough. Um, but nonetheless, 
Before we break down the final four games, Dubs, can you give us an update on how our brackets are doing since the, the Sweet 16? Yeah, uh, so I'll start with Patty. Patty had tough. a, had tough a rough, go. little bit of a rough go. Not a little bit, a lot of bit. Yeah, um, got zero of the Oof. final four teams <laughs> with oh, the Dukies I losing. Can, I Kentucky, Duke, Michigan. Oh. Tennessee. In Tennessee. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Like I said, not a little bit of a rough go. Like a lot of, a lot of it. It's yeah. terrible. But I mean, the thing is, too. I mean, these games are just so close. Yeah, so they are. close. If they went one way or another, Patty could have three teams. In. So where are we at here, Dubs? You and then Lobes. Lobes had a pretty good week. Um, getting Michigan State. That was a huge one. Right. And Virginia. Yep. We missed on Michigan and North Carolina. Tough. Which is tough. And then I had Virginia, nice. and Auburn as well. Nice. Um, but is. I missed out on the Dukies and Tough. then the Wolverines. I don't know what we were thinking picking Michigan. I know we all yeah. pick Michigan. We all pick. We all pick Michigan because they have an unbelievable D too. But I thought we all thought they have better offense than Texas Tech, and they would be yeah. able to pull it out that way. We all knew it was going to be a absolute grind of a game, a slow game. Right. But yeah, that's the way she goes. Um. Well, Michigan, they have a lot of scores, but they don't have a lot of depth. And I think that lack of depth kind of They couldn't them. shoot, man. They scored yeah. like five points in the first ten minutes of the game, which really hurt. If you go on those slumps, you're, 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 you're playing with fire there. So let's break it down. First game uh, on the slate is at 5.09 p.m. Very precise. We're precise on the show. Virginia versus Auburn. Virginia's five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, kind of a con- big contrast in styles, actually. Uh, we have one of the fastest teams and one of the best three-point shooting teams, Auburn, taking on the slowest team in Division One, and the be- one of the best defensive and offensive teams in the country, Virginia. You guys have anything to watch here? Who do you like? I, I've been, I said it way back when we first started talking about it on the show that I thought Virginia would go far, but that they would choke before the Final Four, and I've been really impressed with them. Right. And I, I'll eat my words on that. I was wrong there because they look good and wow. they're going to win it all. Very big of you. To, wow. I think they're going to win They're going to win it all? Dubs, you think they're going to win it all? Well, no, I think whoever, I mean, because I think the front court kind of cancels each other out um, because Spencer's been playing really well for Auburn. But I think whoever wins that guard play matchup between Jerome and Kyle Guy and Harper and Bryce Brown, whoever wins that matchup will win that Virginia game. Yeah. Um, but I think... I think I do think there's it's something about Virginia's time this year, and I think it's, the Okiki injury is huge yeah, for hurts. Auburn. And and Mama D Diakite coming on really helps them. He gives them a six nine guy. Uh, when Tony Bennett goes small in quotations, um, and he's playing at the five. Interesting enough, the Virginia Cavaliers are third in defensive three point efficiency this year. So. Um, that pack line defense that they play, I think is going to slow down Auburn. I think they cover. I think they win by seven or eight. And I love, love, love the narrative of going from losing to a 16 seed for the first time ever to winning it all. I think they beat yeah. Auburn. Uh, and Auburn just is kind of playing with house money. They should have lost in the first round if <laughs> New Mexico up. State makes free throws. So um, Auburn will be motivated. They're the most uh, most veteran team in the field left. Um and they're really playing with house money so I but I like Virginia who do you guys like Um I like Virginia in that game too but another thing I think they'll cover as well I don't think it'll be that close honestly Right One thing that's slept on is I mean I was talking to Jordan Taylor the guy that played for the Badgers who played in these big arenas yeah. and when the you play terrible. the shooting and depth perception perception is so much different 
Mm-hmm. And so I think the better defensive team is going to win that one. I like that. That's a good take. That's a good take. Now, probably the better game of the two Michigan State-Texas Tech that game is going to be approximately 750, give or take, uh, depending on how the first one shakes out. But anyways, we got two great coaches, Izzo and Chris Beard, and um, a very balanced Michigan State team against a very defensive yet very solid Texas Tech team. Uh, Texas Tech led by Jarrett Culver and Matt Mooney, a couple of sophomore and a senior. They got Tariq Owens, who's a senior. This is a tough game, boys. This is a really it's, tough game. We're, no matter what happens, we are due for some unbelievable games. I I was looking at it deeply, more deeply, the matchup, and there's two things that I think will separate this game. Uh, first is free throws. Michigan State is 33rd in the country in free throw percentage. You need to make free throws to win. I really like Michigan State um, in that sense. And then the other one for me was guard play. I love Cassius Winston. There's one other thing that I liked. I can't remember. I can't. Oh, rebounding. Texas Tech is uh, 198th in defensive rebounding percentage. Michigan State 34% offensive rebound percentage, 24th in the country. I think Michigan State prevails by five. I like that take. Who do you like? I like Michigan State. I think it's going to be a Michigan State-Virginia final, and Virginia's going to take it home. Dubs, who do you like? Um, in this game, well, I think Texas Tech's kind of playing with house money too because they lucked out on getting two really good graduate transfers in mm-hmm. Mooney and Owens. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've had, I mean, their expectations have kind of raised as the season's gone on. But I, I really love, especially guys like on Michigan State, like Xavier Tillman and Kenny Goins, guys that weren't too talented coming out of high school. Kenny Goins was a walk-on. Right. He's playing huge minutes, hit a huge three-point shot. And then... Um, I, I think Cassius Winston's the best point guard in the country, and he wow. really dictates the game. He makes guys around him so much better. He gets a lot of open shots from McQuaid. Right. And then I think the front court depth, I think Nick Ward's going to keep getting healthier. This week's going to be huge for him. I got the Spartans winning. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Cassius, so Ken Palm, my guy, he does a, a player of the year standings. Right now, Jarrett Culver's number one in his player of the year uh, standing. Culver is the offense uh I think it was like 39% of possessions go through him, um, at least up until this tournament. Cassius Winston, four. Um, so it's going to be a fun battle. So, Dubs, you got Mission State over Virginia? Um, I'm going to ride with the Big Ten, so I'll go with like, Michigan I like State. It. I think, I mean, that's it's such a tough game yeah. to pick. but it's, it's I'm, I'm going so Virginia over Michigan State. Who are you going? I'm doing the same thing. I've been on Virginia for yeah, about two yeah. months, so. Fair. I love Virginia. And you did call it with Villanova the exact same way last year. That was a little earlier, though. It was a little earlier. I, they were a clear team. Now Virginia, they gave me a little scare, but I, I like Virginia a lot. They're they're so balanced. Two in yeah. offense efficiency, five in defensive. That they can shoot. Uh, look out. They're going to win it all. I will say, too, I'm a little biased on my Michigan State pick because I, yesterday, just scrolling through YouTube, watched this big Tom Izzo speech that he gave <laughs> one of his up. teammates in the Elite Eight before Going to the Final Four, I think it was in 2014, and he was just yelling, give me two hours, give me two hours, and I'll give you memories for the rest of your life. So that got me fired up. People are saying he's going to retire, so I could see the boys going hard for him. Yeah, We'll see. Well, shift gears here from college basketball to our guest interview with friend of the program now, Dante Fabro, fresh off his first couple games in the NHL, the former BU prospect. We'll talk about it all, and uh, enjoy. 
Joining us now over the phone, newly minted NHL rookie Dante Fabro of the Nashville Predators. Dante, thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me, boys. First question, obviously, Fabs, you chose to play three years at Boston University before signing. What went into making that decision uh, to avoid your senior year and uh, turn pro early? Um, I think a lot of things. I think first and foremost, uh, I think the reason I went back for my third year, um, I had an opportunity to leave after my sophomore year. I just didn't quite feel uh, ready to make that jump. Uh, I think mentally, I thought physically, you know, I was close from, from being there, but um, just talking with my parents and my coaches at PU, I thought the best decision for me was to go back for, for my junior year. And then um, after the season and kind of what, you know, what had gone on throughout the whole year, I've been kind of mentally preparing myself to, to hopefully make that jump at the end of the year. And when I got the opportunity after our season had ended, um, you know, I was quick to jump on that. And, um, you know, it's been uh, it was a pretty quick turnaround after the season. But, you know, overall, I thought uh, it, was, it was the right time for me to come out. Now, obviously, you've been a highly touted prospect for a long time. You're a first-round pick going 17th overall to Nashville. Um, you had a chance. You were highly recruited, drafted in the first round of the Western Hockey League. But you chose to go to the BCHL and play for the Penticton Vs. Shout out for the boys. What uh, obviously a lot of pressure goes on kids like that to to go to the Western League and then eventually to the NHL rather than going the college route, which you took. What uh, kind of went into that, making that decision for you to uh, kind of take the road less traveled and then go to the college route rather than major junior? Yeah, um, I think just the biggest part was me talking to my dad. Um, I was actually. Uh, pretty close from signing in Seattle um, I'd say within days to, to, to say the least and then um, my dad had kind of convinced me to play a year in Penticton and um, luckily got to be, be under Patty Saxon there um, <laughs> thank you the captain there and went uh, went on a good run met a lot of great friends and um, I loved it there so um, I decided to come back the second year and um, take some school visits and I think coming, growing up in Western Canada, you hear about the CHL and um, that's kind of all you hear and all your friends kind of pick the route. But, um, you know, you're never really exposed to the, the NCAA lifestyle and what it's like to be a student athlete. And for me to go down on those, uh, those official visits uh, really opened my eyes. Um, you know, I got, to, when I was 15, I, me and my dad made a trip down to Wisconsin, got to, uh, went went look through their locker room and stuff like that. Rumor, and, rumor uh, has it the student section was chanting "We want Fabro." True or false? That is true. That wow. is, is kind of nice. Kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a pretty. Uh, I actually I went beat red there. I didn't really know what to do. <laughs> oh. Be locked up. That's all. That's a lot of red because you get the biggest head in the league. Oh come on. Yeah. Dante, Patty's Patty's bearing the lead. You made your NHL debut March 30th against the. Columbus Blue Jackets at home uh, playing for Nashville. How special was that game and making your debut? And who was the first person you called uh, after you found out you were going to be playing in your first NHL game? Um, yeah, I mean, that uh, that game overall was um, was probably one of the coolest experiences I've ever um, uh, had playing hockey. And um, for me to be out there and Especially the home crowd in Nashville, it's um, that Bridgestone Arena is, is is something else. Like it's it's an electric atmosphere, and um, you know, skating out the ice, I just had chills, and I had the opportunity to be in the starting lineup, and Ooh, um, man, that was it was sweet. something that uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a cool moment, man. I when they said my name, 
um, the, the crowd kind of went uh, crazy. And uh, honestly, like I like I had chills going down my spine, and I was like quick from tearing up just because, you know, you think back when, um, you know, in the days where it's it's tough, maybe in juniors or or growing up with the workouts and stuff like that. It's just it's been a long road, and um, you know, for for me to to be out there and, and be able to you know play with those guys that I look up to uh, practically my whole life was was something special and. Uh, to make the to put the cherry on top, I had my my family up there. My uh, my, nice. my dad, Steve, Steve uh, my mom, yeah, my uh, my two sisters and my grandparents and uh, my sister's boyfriend. So it uh, it was definitely a special moment. We got to see them after the game, and um, you know everyone was tearing up, and you know it was just uh, it was definitely a cool moment to share with them. And you know it it, it uh, helped me give a pre like appreciative uh, thanks to to all the. Uh, you know things they've done for me growing up, and you know what uh, what uh, they sacrificed in, in order uh, for for me to get to where I'm at. Obviously, NHL tradition: guy playing his first NHL game, warm up. He's got to go out first, lead the boys, and take a hot lap by himself. You took like three or four laps. The boys had you go out there for a while by yourself. What was oh, that no. moment like? No, it was it was like it was like it was it was one lap. Well, uh, I, I I did one full butterfly. What <laughs> one full butterfly one full each butterfly. way? Yeah, so, no, it was, man, it was cool. I actually, uh, when I first got out there, I, I went up to the top of the, uh, kind of the, the blue line to grab some pucks, and there's like 30 pucks laying there. Almost fell there. Whiffed <laughs> on my shot in the net, turned the corner, and, like, you can kind of see in the video where, like, I, like, kind of stutter step in the corner. I almost <laughs> ate it there. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it was good. Plan at BU, you've been – uh, in big games and none bigger, in my opinion, than the Bean Pot there uh, taking place at TD Garden. How special was that uh, experience? You got to play in it three years, uh, and how much do you hate? Who do you, well? I guess who do you hate the most? Northeastern, Harvard, or Boston College? Um, I think uh, I mean playing at BU. I think the BCBU rivalries right. uh, is obviously a great rivalry, but I think over the last couple of years, it's definitely been Northeastern. Ooh, um, I think. Uh, Definitely that bean pot um, makes for big rivalries and, you know, kind of that, that Boston area. And um, it always seems to be uh, those four teams that have uh, some pretty good games against each other. So, um, yeah, I think as of late, it definitely is a uh, Northeastern. Have you got, did you get to win the bean pot when you were there? No, we uh, just came close, didn't you? Made, made, it, yeah, made it the final twice. Um, and then uh, Shoot. this year, yeah, yeah we, uh, we lost in the first game, so play the consolation which was unfortunate man i that, that's that's definitely one trophy i i really wanted to win and yeah. um just from hearing the stories with with guys winning it in the past they said it's there's no there's no other uh, uh no better feeling than winning that thing in boston obviously you've you've played in some big games like dan just mentioned playing in uh, the big bean t- bean pot games sorry you played the world junior eight challenge you played in the world junior championships the spangler cup um this what, the, past what is year. the spangler cup Spangler Cup it's a tournament in Europe every year, the best European teams. Wow. And then Canada has its own team Maybe. with uh, Canadians that are playing over in European leagues, and then they they can come and get uh, guys that are not on NHL contracts. Okay, um, but So <clears throat> you played in some big games, um, obviously, there. What was that experience like this year in uh, playing in that Spangler Cup and the World Junior experiences, and how did those help you uh, – when you made your first NHL, uh, when you played your first NHL game, and then last night playing in your second one. Yeah, I think uh, when I look back at the the World Junior A's, 
and the World Juniors. Um, I think those experiences were the first um, kind of stepping stone into you know playing in front of those large crowds, and um, you know it was it was a lot of fun. I think uh, one of the coolest moments I I remember was uh, I think my first World Juniors where we skated out for the finals at the Bell Center, and uh, you couldn't see anything. It was like a sea of red out there, and mm-hmm. I think uh, playing in front of that crowd, and obviously we went up twice, uh, two separate points in that game, and um, fell short in the shootout. But I think that experience um, was uh, was unbelievable. I think with that group of guys, and you know what I learned and and brought to, to the next year's team, and uh, fortunately we were able to get it done the next year. So to win it in Buffalo was 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 unbelievable and um to do it on a uh, u.s soil was was even was even sweeter love to hear and then that. moving on and yeah and moving on into the spangler cup we got the opportunity to do that and um you know i had, i had heard a lot of good things about the spangler cup and just talking with my dad i thought it was a, a great opportunity to go play with some pros and um go learn from those guys so i mean heading over there was it was uh it was an eye-opener but you know i learned a lot with uh you know the way those guys conduct themselves and you know, treat their bodies and, you know, how they, how they are around the locker room. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a big help for me and, you know, learning little things on the ice. And uh, I got the opportunity to be paired up with uh, Kyle Quincy Ooh. and uh, he helped me out quite a bit. And, uh, you know, just, just in the, the aspect of, you know, the D zone and, you know, when to hop up offensively. So, um, you know, I try to bring that back to BU and, and uh, kind of bring, uh, bring some leadership from, you know, what I'd learned in that tournament to, uh, back to BU and, I think, uh, you know, I carried that all the way into to my first NHL game and the way, you know, I've, I've uh, kind of changed my mindset towards, you know, playing hockey and, uh, you know, how I how I got approached uh, each and every day is, uh, you know, as a job. You kind of mentioned Cal Quincy, how he helped you. Um, I was kind of curious, specifically in, in Nashville, do you have a guy that has kind of taken you under uh, his wing and, and been teaching you a little bit? Yeah, um, uh, Dan Hamhuse. Um, I've been paired with him the last uh, the last two games and throughout the the, the week and a half of, uh, of practice. So um, you know he's uh, he's got a very calm demeanor to him, and um, you know speaking to him, he's he's obviously got a ton of games under his belt, and um, he's got a lot of knowledge about you know the, the NHL hockey and um, just uh, you know for me just being able to pick apart his brain about you know certain uh, situations on the ice and. Um, you know, he, I, I, I get the opportunity to watch him off the ice and, you know, how he takes care of himself and, mm-hmm. um, you know, how, how he's a good teammate. So, um, you know, that, that sort of stuff goes, uh, I, th- I think goes a long way in, in, in helping you be a successful uh, NHL player. Now, if you're just joining us, we have Dante Fabro of the Nashville Predators, formerly Boston University, with us over the phone. Uh, Dante, obviously coming from college uh, just pretty much a little over a week ago, um, you come in there, you got guys from 18 to 25, and now you're playing with guys that are in their 30s. They have the kids, they have families. What's that experience like? Obviously, you've only been there for a little bit, and is it uh, is it a little bit weird, kind of more weird being in the locker room with, with fathers? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, when I first got to uh, – it's actually a funny story. I At the Spangler, that was kind of my first uh, eye-opening <laughs> experience because I get into the locker room, and uh, I'm sitting beside Quincy – and the first thing he pulls out out underneath the stall is his diapers. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, first kid, and uh, so I was like, I was like, oh Jesus! Like, uh, and then I I get here, I get here, and then I could I see kids running around like uh, after the games, and <laughs> this is all the players' kids. And um, but no, I mean, 
I think it's just like any other, uh, I think any other hockey guy could attest to this. Like, um, you know, when a lot of, a lot of hockey players are the same guys and a lot of good guys out there. And, um, you know, luckily in Nashville, it's, it's a great group of guys and they've been uh, really welcoming to me. And, um, you know, I can't say enough good things about, uh, you know, how, uh, how easy the transition was from coming to college uh, into the Nashville locker room. Was there a player you grew up idolizing um, in Canada specifically and then um, another player that you've kind of tried to model your game around and try to pit, take bits and pieces to make your game even better? Yeah, I mean, growing up, my my favorite player was Weber, uh, Shea Weber. You were, you were um, close to playing with him. Former, former national player. Yeah, so... So when I, yeah, when I got drafted by them, he had actually texted me, and uh, he said like, uh, "Congrats and stuff like that." He was actually mm-hmm. gonna give me a phone call, and then uh, a couple days later, he was traded. So yeah, dealt wow. a few days later. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think when uh, in the aspect of, of modeling my game after D-men, um, I think there's a lot of guys that come into mind that you know I like to look at, and I look at old film tapes of uh, uh, Lidstrom and. Um, even guys on this team today, like Yossi and you know Subban and uh, Ellis and Ekholm and all those kind of guys, Hamhuis, yeah. uh, you know they're all like, all great players and they're there for a reason. And you know if I get to to learn from you know probably the best the best decor in the league, I think that's that's definitely going to benefit me in in the long run. I'm curious, you got to have I I love the Quincy story. I love hearing <laughs> stories in the locker room if you're joking around. Do you have uh, a story for us? whether it be when you were playing the World Juniors, your, your first NHL game back in Penticton with my friend Patty, um, they could share that you guys were joking around or something that was really memorable in the locker room that nobody got to see. Uh, I mean, I can go back to my Penn days. And, um, there's a, there's yeah, you're making a me a little nervous there, but... here, Fabs. Yeah. <laughs> you're making me nervous. Keep it PG. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I, no swearing. Know if I want to throw Patty under the bus. But, uh, no, I think... Um, I look back actually in juniors my my first year when uh, I was on the team with Patty and um, I think that that team was was definitely a team that stood, stood out to me and um, I thought uh, you know that team was was extremely close and uh, there's a reason why we made it that far and, um, you know for after we had lost that uh, in the the semifinal there um, in the RBC um, that was probably one of the toughest moments for for myself just because you know you you look at uh, all the work that team had put in and mm-hmm. uh to lose a double overtime there it was uh it was pretty heartbreaking and then coming into the locker room you know everyone was uh was pretty upset and um you know it's it was a uh, definitely a tough pill to swallow but um you know i think looking back on that season you, you you enjoy the memories you had with all those guys and um you know you definitely want to cherish those uh and then we ended at the, the end of the season there we got the opportunity to, to obviously um be around each other for for a little bit longer and mm-hmm. uh, let's you know, have a little fun at the cabin yeah the cabin got the boys at the cabin and um rented a, a barge out in the lake and hung out in the lake for a bit barge. so yeah it was a lot of fun uh if i was only probably a couple more questions here before before we let you go um obviously it's been a whirlwind it's been a roller coaster from the time you got drafted to going to bu to now the nhl have you kind of had a chance to to sit back now that you're in Nashville to kind of sit back and appreciate and kind of just I guess admire how far you've come over in such a sh- sorry in such a short period of time to to be where you are now in the National League. Yeah, it's been like you said, it's it's been a whirlwind. Um, you know, it hasn't uh, hasn't quite settled in yet. Um, just uh, you know, I'm still kind of shaking my head that 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing in the NHL and I'm, I'm playing amongst these, these, uh, these NHL all-stars and, um, you know, it's been a pretty uh, surreal moment for me. And, uh, you know, I was actually talking to my dad the other day and we were kind of just going over, you know, the, the last probably 10 years of, of me playing hockey. And it's been, uh, it's been a lot, been to a lot of tournaments, a lot of, uh, a lot of plane rides, car rides. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a long road, but, um, you know, it's that, that hard work and, you know, that, that drive is, um, you know, kind of still lit. Um, so it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And my dad, uh, big credit to my dad. He sacrificed a lot with, uh, you mm-hmm. know, traveling with me and, and, uh, you know, he, uh, he actually opened some gates for me and some, some teams and, and wow. coached for me. And it was, uh, so he's, uh, he's done a, a heck of a job and, and, and developing to, uh, development to who I am today. And, um, he's a big, big stepping stone to, to where I'm at. All right, Dante, we're going to finish off a little rapid fire. There's quick questions. Quick answers. Uh, quick questions okay. and quick answers, Dante. If you have a story behind it, though, we'd love to hear it. First question from me, where was your favorite place to play on the road in college? College. Um, oof. Uh, I'm going to say Boston College. Favorite Boston hockey college. memory. First NHL game doesn't count. It's an easy one. What? One in the World Juniors. Boom. Ooh, were you that. guys uh, that first year? Side note: that first year when you're playing US and you guys were winning the whole game, like, did you feel really confident that you guys were going to win? Yeah, I. Yeah. yeah, that that was heartbreaking, man. We we got up two goals and you're they like tied two it. Nothing and four two, four, right? Four two, and then mm-hmm. they tied it, and then uh, yeah, man. I thought I thought we were going to win. We had a couple opportunities to score an OT and yeah. Uh, As I'll play for sure. Uh, favorite coach you've ever played for? I got a lot, man. I I I don't think I've had a bad coach growing up. Wow. Uh, wow, that's, nice. that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. A, that is crazy. Yeah, I've had uh, I've some pretty good luck with with a lot of good coaches. Toughest guy you've ever played against? Not just straight up like toughness, but like hardest guy to try and defend against, whether it was college, junior. Um, or in the NHL now, and just two games in. Um, I was actually out. Uh, I think yeah, the the NH yeah my first game. I think I got out there a couple shifts with Panarin. He uh, yeah that Red guy's uh, yeah pretty uh, pretty silky and uh, and Anderson. Um, wow. He was he dumped the puck in the corner and he was forechecking me and I honest I was legit terrified. He was just, <laughs> like very very comparing me from behind. Uh, most memorable memorable goal you've scored. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I'm looking at your totals, and you got a lot of goals. Uh, Game six to uh, normal. Nah. Yeah, that was a. That you was scored a post no. End, that was a post end. It was a post end. That was the Spangler Cup. You had a couple sick ones. Yeah, I scored. Yeah, those two goals in the Spangler. Um, I we, I scored uh, last year against uh, Denver with like five minutes left uh, at home to well, tie the game weird. up, which was uh, yeah, the, the barn was rocking pretty good. That's sweet. I got one more. Can Go I ask one more? All right, rank these experiences. Uh, World Jays, uh, NHL, uh, NCAA tournament. Um, I will go NHL. Right. I will go the the World Juniors and NCAA. Ooh. I guess the – World Jays is cool, yeah. man. Was the, Especially was the, yeah. being Canadian, it's such a big yeah. deal. Was I guess the atmosphere Huge. is not that great for uh, – College tournament is it? 
No, it is. We my oh, my first year we played we played in Fargo against North Dakota. Oh, that's, that's unreal! Wild. It was in, it was crazy, and they 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 scored in OT, yeah, but it was offside, so the yeah. goal got called back. We were getting dominated too. It was like <laughs> shots were like seventy to like thirty or something. Did you guys like that. win that game? Yeah, we ended yeah, up winning. I remember that. Yeah. Did Patty Curry score the game winner? I can't remember who uh, scored. No, uh, McAvoy scored. Keller, oh. Keller like made a move on the half ball and threw it back door to McAvoy. Right. Are those guys good? Clayton That's Keller and Charlie McAvoy? That's unreal. Yeah, they're all right. Best, all right. Last one for me, best player you've ever played with. Don't with? say Patty. No, oh, I know it's not me. I would have said toughest uh, player you've ever man, played with. There's, a, there's a lot. Um, I think uh, there's, a, there's a – I mean, I look at the World Junior team, there's – the whole lineup was there, like Barzell, Strom. Um, yeah. I look at our junior team. There's Josty, um, and I mean my team back at BU: Keller, uh, McAvoy, Greenway. Um, there's a lot of a lot of great players, and being able to play with those guys was uh, at BU was was one of the reasons I, I decided to go there. So um, you know those those guys, uh, all those guys are great players and going to have long careers in the NHL. Ooh, last question for me. What was David Quinn like playing for him now that he's in the in the show? He was good. He uh, he's a very intense uh, intense coach, but right. uh, I think at that age you need that. And he was very structured in the way he ran his practices. Um, you know, there's a few practices that were, that they were pretty long, but uh, very de- mm-hmm. like detail oriented. And um, um, but no, he was good. He's he's a he's a great guy. I still talk to him today, and he. Uh, you know, he always reaches out and stuff like that, which is which uh, which I appreciate a lot. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I think uh, over that course of those two years I I spent at BU, um, you know, our, we've uh, become pretty good friends. And um, like I said, we still we still talk uh, every now and then. Well, Fabs, that's all we got. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time to to come on and talk with the boys. Officially a show guy and officially mm. friend of the program. <laughs> appreciate it, Dante. Yeah, thanks for having me, fellas. That was Joining us now over the phone. That was current Nashville Predator Dante Fabro. Uh, we want to thank him for joining us. That was a pretty sweet interview. If you missed it, uh, we'll have it up on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Badgers Beyond, um, and, and uh, as well as Apple Podcasts Beyond the Badgers. You hear all of Dubs' hot takes um, and, and everything. So and our picks. We had you have Michigan State of Virginia. I have Virginia over Michigan State. Correct. Yep. So um, enjoy the final four. We'll be back next week uh, for a little Masters preview. We'll get into it, do a little pool, and we will see you again next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks.